I haven't done a, a podcast, so this is a uh... yes, Muffin. We miss you, right? Your friends miss you, Muffin. Are we going out walk with Muffin? Oh, are Muffin? Let's go walk with Muffin and Kay. Oh, Muffin. Yesterday, Jill um, shared with me. Uh, while sleeping, before sleeping. He always shares, you know, kids, they always share what's closest to their heart right before sleeping that they have been processing probably the whole day but aren't able to get off their chest. So it's one of these things. And he said, um, he faced away from me, you know, as he was saying this, so I know it's, it's important to him, but he doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. But it's, of course, it's, uh, you know, what he talked about, the subject was uh, about death. So <laughs> it's not an easy topic for a, um, a nine-year-old to handle. And he said that his ECR teacher, or whatever teacher, I don't know what topic that means, um, shared a very touching story with them in school. She said that she had um, had a fight with her father and they were not on good talking terms. And then, I don't know why she shared it with her, her kids, but I think she's trying to off- offload it from her chest. But it's it's good that she's talking about life, you know, to these children too. And she said um, she was ready to apologize and, you know, ask for forgiveness from her father and saying sorry to her dad. But then she got married, okay, she got married and then the wedding and she didn't um, meet her father because she was busy and three days later he passed away. So she never got to say sorry and I think that must have been really weighing on her chest and affected her because it affected Shu. Shu is very sensitive. So immediately I said, well, I said that, well, please tell your teacher that um, even if someone has passed away for like the past 50 years or so, you can still say I'm sorry and uh, ask your teacher to write a letter to her father, how she feels, and uh, read it out loud. You know, read it out loud and burn the letter so that the smoke, it's symbolic. You know, it's really symbolic, but that the smoke and you make an intention that the smoke are going to be sent up to the ethers into heaven or wherever the spirit of our father is. And I said that with so much conviction to Jules because I truly, truly believe it, that we are more than just a body. You know, we are spirit. And what is in the body or around the body or (laughs) outside the body, we don't know for a fact. I'm not, I don't know. I can't tell you if the spirit is in the body or outside the body, but there is spirit. The mind and spirit is, um, it's intangible. You cannot grasp, you cannot hold it. And so 
after the body dies, because you know, the body is coming from the earth, you know, everything is a process of death and decay and life, right? But then the spirit doesn't just evaporate. So there's always a connection. And that's why, you know, if you think about it very profoundly, um, I told you and I said, look, I loved you the day you were born. You know, and you know, sometimes you think like love, you know, takes time to develop and stuff. And But isn't it funny? Like your child is born on the day he's born or she's born. You just in love. It's like, where did all this love come from? And why me? So nothing is, why me as a mom? Why me as a parent? I don't think anything is coincidental. Everything is because we were probably old friends, should in our past life. Or maybe you were my father, or maybe you were my mother, and then maybe you were my uncle, or my sister, or my brother, or whatever. And um, we love each other, and so this bond of love is what led you to conceive in me. That you knew me before this life. It's just that you forgot. But there is a spirit of you that lived before this life. And so, just because someone dies, the physical body is gone, the spirit body is still around somewhere. And so what's stopping you from writing to someone who passed away? You shouldn't let yourself, it's an analytical brain and it's like not able to conceive only thinks in the dimension of the physical reality of the five senses. But uh, allow yourself to express your deepest thoughts and regrets and remorse and feelings for whomever is not in your current life right now, whether they're alive but just really far, far away and estranged from you, or you're not on talking terms anymore, or maybe they have passed away, that you can still have a bond with them, distance. But be very... So in the physical body, you're distant because you're not in close proximity. But in your spirit, you can be right next to each other in closeness, in proximity. So you always carry within you cellular memory of those who are close to you the most. And your forefathers, your great-grandmothers, your parents, your whole lineage is living within you. You have cellular memories, just that we forget, right? And we're not igniting the cellular memory because the brain is always, like the mental logic mind is always very strong. But if you look beyond the veil of the mental logic mind, you can sense that the whole world, the whole cosmos is living within you. And, and so I think that's where the spiritual dimension comes in, is that there is no time or space anymore. It's like, you know, anything is feasible. So you can talk to the dead because they're not dead. So you think they're dead, because that's a perception. You don't see the body. The body's decomposed. So you think they're dead, but they're not. They're very alive. The spirit is very much alive. And it could be in the trees. could be in the clouds. can be in the, in the cat. 
can be in a horse. You know? So the spirit is alive. So do not hold back on um, tears and emotions and let them out. Express it. Express it out. Write a, writing a letter is a very powerful way to connect with your innermost feelings. Just say it out loud. And, and then you heal. See, that, that's what's important is that whatever you feel like you couldn't have said to your father, say it out now. Because it feels real good after. Just set it out. And then to know that, you know, you can't know it for a fact because we're not wizards and, you know. But there is a hope, espoir, that the spirit is omnipresent. And that's why a lot of religions look towards God. So God is not a being. God is energy flow of cosmic oneness. And that every little vibration that us cellular beings are creating, that the cosmic oneness, this net, knows. You see? Because we're not a droplet of water. We are ocean. We're part of the ocean. So we are so cosmically vibrating with other beings. But because we think we're one entity, one molecule, we separate ourselves from the ocean. So we think like, ah, oh, we're, we're a droplet of water. But then we're wet. We're the ocean. We're flow. So it's like when you're flying on an aeroplane and taking off, at first you see you know, human beings. And then you see big cars and big buildings. And then the higher you get, the more you levitate above. All this becomes a blur. You don't even see the human beings anymore. You don't even see the cars anymore. They become like small little specks. It just merges into space. And that is, you could say this is God. This is the cosmic oneness. So if you have a story to tell, if you have an apology to make, make it. Because you know that when you do it, you're setting an intention of saying I'm sorry to somebody specific out there in this galaxy. And that you can definitely hope and know that the person on the other side, the spirit, is within you. Obviously, he is within you. will feel it and receive it immediately. You know, so, well, I shared all this with Shud, but... Not sure if uh, <laughs> he understands, but he kind of gets the idea. He said, "Oh, mom, just talk to your talk to my teacher." Like, I don't know her. You can tell her. Said, ah, I'll give her your number. You 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 tell her. But I said, "Well, yeah, yeah." It's a bit too much for him to be explaining to the teacher, but it's cool that we have such conversations, um, me and Jude and I. And I took this opportunity immediately. I always take these opportunities. To tell him that, you know, even though I'm not here, you know, there are moments when I might not be here for him, you know, um, and I didn't say death, but I said, you know, you could be at school and I'm at, you know, not with you and you're feeling scared, lonely, frightened, angry, whatever. You can always think of me and I'll be there in spirit. I'll be there. You know, and, and it's it's consoling for a child to know that. In, you can just think and that the spirit of someone you love 
is always within you. That you carry the people you love within you. And it prepares them to be autonomous and independent. Because you're no longer afraid of separation. Because there is no such thing as separation anymore. See, the person you love is living right within you. There's a piece of that person living within you. It's the same way as you are also living with them. There's a piece of you that's living in them too. So there's no more separation, right? What's separating us is our, um, our ignorance, moha, delusion, not seeing the oneness, not seeing the cosmic connectivity amongst all beings. So as long as the intention is pure and good, then the more powerful the vibration is. Yeah. So if you're writing a letter with a lot of good intention, purity of heart, and your thought is to reconcile and mend, and uh, say sorry, and you truly, truly mean it, by that purity of heart, the spirit is always able to feel it even more. Let's say that if it was, you know, a letter that really is not very sincere, superficial, right? But then again, you won't be writing a letter if you didn't really mean it. <laughs> so, yeah. Do things with intention and good heart. And um, just know that death does not do us part. Yeah. And there's no such thing as death. Because if you don't accept death, you're not accepting life. Huh? Now, the, the, the fact that the body will die one day is because it got birth. <laughs> if you're scared of death, you're afraid of living. You know, you're afraid of uh, ends. It means you're afraid of beginnings. That means you're not going to usher in new opportunities of regrowth, of rejuvenation, new possibilities, new frontiers, new adventures, because you're afraid it's going to end then you're not even going to start it. You know, there might be a blossoming of a beautiful relationship with someone's, like, love story. But then you're so afraid of pain, of, of afraid that it's going to be over one day, that you don't even start it. You're afraid to ignite the fire. So then you're afraid of destruction, right? Because you're afraid that, oh, I'm going to have this pain of separation and da-da-da. So you never start it. So you lead a boring life. So, <laughs> so a person who is not afraid of death, of endings, will not be afraid of beginnings. Yeah, so choose. Are we here to expand and grow? Hell yeah. Now this is what we're here for. This is what the soul is meant for. It's to learn, expand, and grow. Um, and not to be afraid of making mistakes. So don't be afraid of making mistakes. That's the only way in which you'll figure out what you love is that if you're, don't be afraid of endings. Don't be afraid that the party will be over. Just go to the party, enjoy yourself. You know, do stuff. And uh, don't think so much. Don't procrastinate too much. And don't think of making things perfect. Nothing is perfect. Like, nothing is perfect. You, you, you can't control things. Um, 
you, you can't master things, mold things into your way. That is the ego. And it doesn't work like that. <sighs> the more you're trying to force things, bend things to your will, the more energy it consumes and the more resistance you're meeting, actually. More resistance. You're swimming against the tide and it's really difficult. And then you become really exhausted and sick. You become sick. Your mind becomes sick because you're forcing it. You know, you're like, want to hold a grudge. You know how much energy it takes to hold a grudge of hate? It, it does. Holds, that takes a lot of energy to purposely decide to hate somebody or to not forgive someone. It takes a lot of energy. Um, instead, just let it go. And if you let it go, you're afraid. What's going to happen to me for not holding a grudge anymore? So it's always this fear of losing yourself. So, hey, if I have to find myself, let's lose myself 10 times over. If that's the only way in which I can find myself, then let's, let's get lost, you know? Yeah, let's get lost. Let's do it. Let's get lost. Let's get hurt and let's get lost. And then the soul will find itself. The spirit will find itself. And it's, it's all about I, what I feel like this whole spiritual journey is um, a process in which the spirit finds its true home in this cosmic oneness. And with that, I wish you a beautiful day. <laughs> Lots of love.